Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Count the Dings Westworld podcast. I'm your architect, Anthony Mays, forging the entirety of this podcast with only one tool, the mistake. We've got our very own Bernard replica, complete with Hulk button accessory, Dave Schilling, the man in black constantly searching for the center of the maze, Jake Hoy, a smart meatball with an incalculable number of thoughts per second. That's a big number. Tom Rahaber Stroboam. Much more dangerous than she looks in rocking futuristic gala attire. It's Eden Liu. This week, we're in a bubble of agency. Westworld episode 5 genre. Our cold open this week. We get our flashback to Ciroc. A little Ciroc voiceover in French talking about his elusive past. His brother was sui generis. Latin for unique. Ciroc is riding the coattails of his brother's genius just like Malkovich and New Pope, Jake. <laughs> More synergy, like it. We get no clear explanation of what happened to Paris, unlike we thought last week. He said that God had never existed in the first place. They decide to build a God, meaning Rehoboam, and that is who Sirach is talking to. He mentions flies in the ointment, unpredictable divergences, and there's a scene of him meeting with a Portuguese president where he intimidates him, informs him of a separatist movement in the north. And the fly, he keeps swatting at the fly. So symbolic. Yeah, the flies in the ointment. Mm. Yeah, so metaphorical. I like this. I like this, though, because it seemed to firmly establish for us that Ciroc is not a projection. He's not a figment of Rehoboam. He's an actual person. Because when they were saying, oh, he has no history and, mm-hmm. oh, the secret person who right. there's no there's no trace of him, somehow he's deleted all remnants of himself in in human history i was kind of thinking uh so he's not real right yeah i mean that was a very real possibility i think in the first half of the show now he's firmly our only human character (laughs) it would seem so he's the avatar for mankind 
He might be our hero. He's a huge jerk. <laughs> he killed that guy last week. Terrible. And made him wear those glasses before he died. It's what I'm going to do to your family. Oh, I'm so bad. Well, he's God. <laughs> no, Rehoboam is God. Yeah, he created uh, God. That guy who wrote God, the Bible. God. Wait, is it the, is it the pr- president uh, Brazilian, not Portuguese? Yep. And I w- used to live there. So guess what? I win. Oh, yeah. Boom. Oh, Boom. Oh. I guess Tom is a hero. <laughs> okay, just, just play the I used to live there card. Base. He's the geographer. <laughs> the geographer. I'm the predictor. <laughs> Tom is the geographer. Nice. Sirac <laughs> informs the Brazilian president of a separatist movement in the north, implies that unless the president does Sirac's bidding, he will cause the insurrection and replace him with a mustachio general. See that guy over there with the nice bushy Tom Selleck? (laughs) That's the next guy up. Guy had no idea. (laughs) We get Ciroc flashback files throughout the show. We see the young Ciroc's. They need yottabytes of data to feed Rehoboam. They bring in Liam Dempsey Sr. and Insight. Saul, David, and Solomon were Rehoboam's beta tests. I'm not sinking another dollar into this giant steel ball sack while it's spitting out false predictions. Dave, you like that description? A giant steel ball sack? I'm I'm really glad that the show recognizes that the cool machine they invented looks like shit. (laughs) Lots of devs here in the fact that they had to first predict the past before they could predict the future. Definitely. Yeah. But that's any any model though, right? You look at past data to predict out of sample to predict future data. Yeah, yeah like like Steph Curry, you know, shot charts and whatnot. Right, Tom? But you're not predicting the past when you're reviewing past data. You're just assessing the past. You're not separately trying to predict what would have happened on a on a given set yeah. of data. Well, no, what you're doing is making sure that the data that you have, mm-hmm. the system that you have can accurately predict the history of the world. So that means that what it will do for the future is as accurate as what it predicted for 2017. Also, it's filling in the gaps between the data that it has and what else is out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jean-Mi Sirac wants to kill Dempsey and he is brilliant, but troubled. Like all great creators. Back on his plane, Sirac's aide Sebastian informs him of a connect between encrypted devices. We've got Jakarta, which I believe is Musashi. Berlin, I'm not sure. So there's another Dolores clone out there. San Francisco is Charlotte, and Los Angeles is Dolores and Martin. Rehoboam can't locate Liam Dempsey Jr., or as he shall henceforth be known, LDJ. <laughs> and Sorok activates all of his assets. Well, LDJ, wait. bro. Yep. Oh, yeah. So. Who was Bernard? Because I would think they're communicating with Bernard too, right? Or no? He's off the table? He's not on the Dolores chat. Although well, we, well, we don't know that. Good we don't for know that. Bernard Berlin. Ber- Bernard is with Martin anyways. Yeah. We know he's in Berlin. Uh, yeah, right. We don't know who's in Berlin, is my point. Bernard yes. is probably not connected to the rest of them. He's intended to be their antagonist, so he's probably not part of whatever neural net they've established. Given his and Chubb's unbelievable ignorance. I'm thinking spyware is in Bernard's head. You know what I'm saying? Mm. He's mm. not sending 
Dolores has access is my feeling. But you're right. Now it's moot because she has him. Is that a prediction, Jake? <laughs> Slow down. No, I mean, he's in her possession. <laughs> Don't poke the bear, Eden. <laughs> They're coming. The Sorocs have finished Rehoboam. They can project the stock market 15 minutes into the future and imply that they can alter it. Right. They turn $5 million into $100 million in a week, and Dempsey is blown away. <laughs> Dempsey's an idiot, man. The chart was specifically showing that they grew $5 million to $100. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, you stole $100 million. No, I stole $5 million, and I turned it into $100 million in a week. Whoa! This is like if you classic, look at that whole chart, it's like very clear. Like it started with five and classic fictional CEO portrayal. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Sorocs realized the power to reshape the world while Dempsey was distracted by the money. Humanity's story had been improvised. Now it was planned years in advance. For a time, the sun and moon aligned. We brought order from chaos. And then, as with all the best laid plans, it began to fall apart. Dempsey became greedy, drove outcomes to benefit himself. So we locked him out of the system. But there was a bigger problem. In every projection, the world came unglued. There were people, outliers, agitators, who you couldn't predict or control. And I realized that my brother was one of them. He didn't fit the world anymore, and the world didn't fit him. And it drove him mad. Sirak had to act to protect the fragile house of cards that is Rehoboam. He lures Dempsey out to a warehouse where the outliers' divergences are kept, including Jean-Mi. Sirak learned from anti-radiation medications that humans can be edited. My brother is part of a population of outliers, and as long as they are a part of us, there is no future for us. We hope and sends this group to high-risk sectors like uh, war, a wood chipper to eat them up and spit them out, dead or useless. Isn't helping them better than killing them off? We are not helping them. You're changing them. We adapt or we die. We all die. Then we cut right to Martin showing Bernard a re-education center, which is the inner journey's recovery, where William is being held. That's where he puts them, the ones that don't belong. So I think it's time oh, okay. to clarify the Caleb origin story, which seems like it's next on deck. Yeah, with all those flashbacks. Because we were introduced to two characters in Caleb's flashbacks that are already on IMDb. And one of them is is kind of well-known. Absolutely. Oh, really? Okay, the dad don't... from uh, Veronica Mars, and he was on Just Shoot okay. Me. Not well-known to me. That's Galaxy good Quest? News. Anything? Nothing? No. Nothing. Didn't see either of those. He's great in Galaxy Quest, Dave. So oh, good. That was a no. Caleb was an outlier, a divergence. He was sent to war and then edited at a re-education center after his skull fracture. This is my theory. Lots of homecoming overlap here, Jake. Yeah. And yeah. and again, lots of devs, too, in that there's this end point. Unavoidable static. Same narrative device. It's crazy. All of these overlaps. They're also probably going to try and edit William 
Dave was talking about episode seven, I believe's title, Past Pawn. Description for that episode is, do a lot of people tell you that you need therapy? Okay. So you can imagine right. what that means yes. for our, our future here. And I believe Caleb's destiny was to disrupt Rehoboam, and now it's being fulfilled thanks to Dolores. So this destiny is not known to Rehoboam. What have they been keeping him around for? Like letting him walk on the streets. Like if they edited him and they know about him, what's he still doing out being an agitator? You'd think at some point Sirak would just shoot him in the head. Yeah. Yeah. Eliminate them. Yeah. I got got something here for you guys. Okay. Oh, go, go for it. Theory on Reddit. About Caleb. The theory goes is that Caleb is actually Ciroc's brother, Jean-Mi, in a host body that is a copy of the late original Caleb. Wow. Now, first, the evidence that Ciroc put his brother into a host is that Ciroc is capable of operating control units, as demonstrated by May's time in this virtual construct. Ciroc is also capable of constructing host bodies because he built himself a Maeve, even though her original body was in cold storage. When Ciroc ages into Vincent Castle in the scene where we are first introduced to experiments on the, quote, outliers, Jean-Mi remains the same age-slash-actor he had been in the previous scene, suggesting he is an ageless host. I did notice this. I think that was mostly just lazy casting. I thought the same. If you're going to put him in a new body, why make a host of his old body? Think about the parallels, guys. Or he's Caleb now. Ford and Arnold. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Two guys who create mm-hmm. some system. Mm-hmm. One of them dies or becomes impossible to control. Mm-hmm. And then the remaining creator makes a host version of that person to keep them from losing their sense of inspiration. Right. Except that what the, is being suggested is that simultaneously they transferred the brother's consciousness to another body host. So what's the point of that? The evidence that Jean-Mi's Ciroc's control unit is now a copy of Caleb's body is Caleb is not who he seems, as made clear in the last episode. And two, repeated imagery keeps saying that Caleb wasn't just projected to kill himself on that pier. Rather, he did in fact shoot himself in the head on the night. We keep seeing him sitting up on the railing and he washed up in those waves. They keep showing us if the real Caleb is dead, we've been watching a host. Now, keep in mind, Caleb's mother also says, you're not my son. In the same episode where Charlotte's son tells Dolores in Charlotte's body, you're not my mother. Also, how about this? There is also some evidence that his friend Francis was an outlier in the first episode. Caleb recounts Francis's sentiment that the game was rigged and that he and Francis were enlisted into dangerous activities that got him killed. The armed forces kidnapping Veronica Mars' dad, as is Rehoboam's plan for all outliers. This is where it gets a little like, whoa. This person responds in Reddit and says he agrees with the whole idea. I started thinking about it from the perspective of Jean-Mi Ciroc being nearly an anagram of amnesiac. And that both Jean, me, and Caleb seem to share this amnesia. Also, if somehow Francis is revealed to be fictitious, Caleb lost his friend Francis in the war, and Jean, me, lost France in the nuclear explosion. The waitress that helps Caleb when he's abandoned is named Sarah, pretty close to Ciroc, 
who raised Jean Me when they were orphaned. Oh Lord. Jesus uh, no. Christ. Okay, put the bong down. Put the bong no down. There's no way. Why? There's no way. They're puzzling Wait. all this out. Yeah, Come what? on. I'm gonna take a nice little needle. I'm gonna pop this balloon, Tom. You ready? We can't put people's consciousnesses in host bodies. That is the whole subject of last season's Delos tests. Bingo. Right. Yep, there he is. There right. he is. That's correct. Okay. From a right. character analysis perspective, there's more supporting evidence. Sirac wants to fix outliers. He has said it's possible to edit people. Delos nearly perfected a technology to build and edit people. Obviously, it would be a great interest to Sirac. Not only does he have motive in this case, the show has established that Delos technology has long been in his sights. He's been eating up tiny percentage of the stock for a very long time. He said that humanity is flawed, but can be fixed. So now he has motive, demonstrated interest, made statements backing that up, and was showing taking action to acquire the means to do just as you described. They do mention that the facility is basically a bunch of Jim Delos's. Yes. You mean the one we saw in this episode? Yes. That they're it's human like a near replica. Of, yes. And host of, copies of yeah. themselves looping and breaking and in inferior accommodations. It's circumstantial evidence that bolsters the above observations. Lastly, if Sirach's brother is now a host, it means Sirach has a personal stake in recovering Delos's data. He believes it will help him fix his brother and stop him from crashing just like Jim Delos. I think all of this stuff really just lends credence to Dave's original supposition that this might all just be future world. And none of those theories explain why Caleb's just walking around though still. Exactly. No, like, yeah. I, I, Caleb I, I, is like, He should be brother. under, if he should be yeah. like supervised. Or, I think the like, brother thing's a red herring. We're right. going to keep the guy that's most dangerous to our future, not just around, but out and about. <laughs> Yeah, he's just like it's, running around, like, like go, committing go get petty lost crimes anomaly. Yeah. Go get not a lost agitator. Here's the counter. Okay. Thematically, the existence of each of the above types of hosts supports the existence of each other type of host, including the last two, which the show is yet to confirm that human control unit in a human replicated body who believes he is another human, which is Caleb, human control unit in a human replicated body who believes he is a host, which is Bernard and Arnold. That's not true. Bernard is not Arnold. Part of this guy's theory is that Bernard isn't just Arnold lookalike. He is Arnold's control unit in an Arnold body brainwashed to believe he is someone else who now believes he is a host. No, because no, Bernard now knows the, the existence of Arnold. It would break him if he was actually Arnold. Tom, are you saying these things because you think they're you agree? I'm saying it because it was really compelling and I'm throwing yeah. it to the group to deep. I do. I do like reading Reddit theories from time to time, especially the ones get into the weeds. I don't think that John me is necessarily out of the picture, but I don't think he's Caleb. I think Caleb has been edited. And I think that the important part is that Sirach says we can edit humans. But right. what yep. do you say to the airtight theory that it's almost an anagram <laughs> and most, and most. I like that include that Airtight part. Theory, almost, almost an anagram. I'll say to you, Tom, that it's a Ciroc. It's a facade. It's an illusion. <laughs> is there a definition for near anagram? Like, Not an is, anagram. Is that a, is that a thing? <laughs> an anagram? Sui generis? Bananagram. <laughs> Sebastian informs Sirach that Dolores was looking at his file. Sirach takes an ignorant Dempsey out to the desert. You can't geld humankind. Dempsey wants to spill the beans. 
Every scenario in which you inform the public about my trials ends in human extinction, Sirach says. This guy's a megalomaniac, huh? Yeah. <laughs> There's a big difference between him and Forrest and Katie here, Jake. There are little white spaces, rare moments when randomness interacts with your life that create a truly free space where you can make a choice. A bubble of agency. I hated that part. It always comes back to choice. I don't understand how there can still be free will when Rehobo is calling all the shots, though. Yes. I thought the same thing. I was like, what are these little white spaces? I thought Rehobo was predicting everything. You know what it means? It means that Dempsey's existence doesn't matter. That agency is because a piece of the system is irrelevant. What happens if he lives and what happens if he dies is almost identical so why not kill him but he says that if he goes public it fucks everything up so he is relevant and the other little tidbit was that the way he described news to his assistant (laughs) news is always unexpected him receiving this anomalous information about dolores or and or kind being out and about He's also acknowledging to us that there are these random things that pop up here and there. I feel like he's the one who's controlling the show. Absolutely. He has little white bubbles of space. He's the only person on the planet who knows what the machine is telling him. He's like in the business of a little bit of illusion, too. You know, when he's talking to the Brazilian president, he's talking in in the royal we. Who's the rest of that we? When we <laughs> you'd be him president, and the, him and the machine. we trusted him and Rehoboam, right? Yeah. It's really that Sorak being the only person who knows what the quote-unquote narrative is allows him to be, in a sense, the author of human existence. The machine is predicting things, but that prediction is malleable based on the decisions that Sorak, as the shadow emperor of the mm-hmm entirety of human civilization so Sirach saw that he was gonna die and so he just made it happen no no Sirach saw this is what would happen if he lives and this is what happens if he dies and so he kills him based on knowing what would happen if he kills him because he is able to predict the future through the use of that system let's say you're playing Civ and you, you decide you know to take try to take russia and that shit doesn't work out you just quit the game without saving go back to the last (laughs) turn and rerun it now you're like let me try europe (laughs) that's super mario too not just (laughs) (laughs) anybody i mean that's makes a good point this is sort of like he's playing a video game i mean i think the whole show from episode one to now has been an allegory for a video game. This or, is how it feels, kind of, right? Yeah. Because even when he describes his brother, he's like, I caught him running uh, different scenarios in the system. Yeah. He was playing on his own save file and I didn't like it. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> There's that shot, that overhead shot of the quote unquote car chase. It's incredibly slow. Yes. And you know what it reminded me of was Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. I know. It was yeah. the, orig- the original Auto. PC GTA. Exactly. Where you ran over people and you could hear a splat. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Sirach exactly. walks Dempsey into a stage crash of his private jet and smashes his head into the fuselage, killing him. So many divergences from the way that Devs handles this, Jake and Eden. 
with Katie not actually physically pushing people, but here, Ciroc literally smashing heads. Did you really think Ciroc had it in him to like one bash a dude to death? I did not. I thought it was a clumsy kill. Yeah, Dempsey, come on. That's come all on. you got, dude? I mean, that's a concussion at best. Yeah, I was like, you're not even sure he's dead. <laughs> it was a good slam. I'm not taking any. Ciroc was in it. It just didn't seem not a sufficient to me. Yeah. No, no. On a wing, no less. I guess he couldn't use a gun because it has to be a plain death. But yes, give me a more creative kill. Yeah. yeah. How come the only unburned guy <laughs> in the wreckage looks like he died of head trauma? Concussion. Yeah, head trauma. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys notice the divergent symbolism when he's in his office with Dempsey? So he sits down at his desk and above his desk on the wall is a poster of the divergent circle. You mean the the one we keep seeing when they, they show us where things are happening? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Before Ciroc sits down at his desk and sits in his swivel chair, in that divergent circle, there's a little gap on the bottom right. A bubble of agency. <laughs> when he sits down, he fills the gap with his head. Ooh. In such a way that it connotes the symbolism of he's like a deity. No, with a halo it and got the halo. Yes, from like those Renaissance it makes him look like he's God. This is the thing. He's the creator of the machine. No, his brother is. The machine is him, guys. The machine. What the machine tells him is what he wants to hear, and I think that's the thing that we're going to start to find out is that he's manipulating events so that the simulation plays out the way he wants it to play out. He's a designer of the video game in the way that Ford was the designer and the head writer of Westworld. Like you said, he's the author. These are parallel stories. I think the stories of Ford and Arnold are supposed to mirror, in a sense, the stories of Ciroc and his brother and how these two separate universes that are controlled by these puppet masters come to be. The interesting thing is, as Maze points out, it, he's giving all of the credit to his brother or the conceptual credit, whereas Robert was really the the inspiration behind Westworld, right? And Arnold was just his beloved partner. Arnold had all of these ideas. But Arnold built the sentient host. Arnold perfected it. Ford was ready to just make a really dope theme park. You're right. Yep. And Arnold fell in love with the creation of life. Yep. That was the great balance in season one that I really miss was all that chatter. The reveries. The Ciroc hologram appears to Dolores in an airplane hangar. He says he alone controls Rehoboam. The people that made me, they always thought they had control. They're all dead now. Ciroc is rotating like he's on a hoverboard as they stare each other down, willing to sacrifice and fight to win. It's time everyone woke up. And Ciroc gets upset in his floating jet that he's been in all episode. He conducts most of this episode just flying in the sky. No big deal. It's the best place to be untraceable, right? The world's biggest ocean. Above the clouds, very godlike. Mm, more. You know what he reminds me of, Ciroc, in this episode? The dude in Inspector Gadget. Dr. Claw? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Nice. I didn't think about that. 
Because he's always foiled. I just feel like the the boss yeah. man gets foiled. He's like, wow. damn you, Dolores. Ciroc was definitely getting worked in this episode. Oh yeah, multiple times over. So it seems, Maze. So it seems. Yes, it is episode five. So he's got to take his licks, and then he'll he'll bounce back strong in time for the finale. Keep hold of Brazil, mind you. <laughs> you know? He still got Brazil in the wrist for still control and the mustache Brazil. man. main plot this week follows Dolores, Caleb, and LDJ. They're back in a tunnel, the tunnel of love. LDJ is getting a bit too big for his britches. He's wearing a basic t-shirt. She says basic. Dolores pops some Rehobo glasses on LDJ, showing that she's a black hole in the system. Dolores is using LDJ's money slash identity to outbid Ciroc on Delos. LDJ tries to flip Caleb. Caleb says, you sent me off to war. Then LDJ takes scans of Caleb, starts freaking out, and hits Caleb in the neck with a dose of genre. Jake, you mentioned this last week. There's definitely a connection to the Watchmen nostalgia episode. Crazy. It's like everything is referencing everything that just happened (laughs) or is happening. (laughs) Oh, and there's Dracarius or whatever his name is. Dragon. Dragon. Why am I can't remember his name? Drogon. Drogon. Yeah. Every show that is like hot right now, this show has to make references to. Also, the Aaron Paul casting makes complete sense after this episode where they just asked him to be on an extended drug trip. Totally. Yeah. I, I loved his performance of the trip. It was authentic, but it was just a trip. It felt like a kind of acid mushroom experience other than music and some slight filmmaking tweaks what made the genres different dave the music and the <laughs> filmmaking techniques were slightly different <laughs> <laughs> this is such a disappointment I mean, you could have done a, a million different things you could have oh, done an animated genre you could oh, have yeah done, that would have been cool you yeah. could have done a space genre you, you could have look donor my theory- comedy I just did a bunch of Instagram filters. Yep. I'm, yes. I'm saying Maybe that's it's the because point. Caleb was operating in a state of like fight or flight, like high adrenaline. So it was like toning was down the drug. holding it all back. Yeah. I, I you like guys, your read. You know what it's like when you're like on I shrooms, do. but like you have to like do something and See, you're like, oh, I, now I'm not as You know what? Even no I can't. Yeah. I have to lie down. I, there's no doing. Look, I'm just giving you an example. So one time my friend had a bad trip. I was having yeah. a great trip, but she yeah. had a bad trip. I had to take action to take care of her. Yeah. Yes. It just brought my high completely down. It was the adrenaline because I was like, my friend is freaking out. I'm not sure yeah. why, because I'm having a great time. But yeah. it, because of the adrenaline, it just toned down the whole trip for me. It's like he would get the initial wave. Yeah. The noir wave comes in. He's seeing LA 40s 20s whatever Chandler Chinatown snaps back to like semi-reality is what you're saying right but the music cues even though I got a laugh out of Ride of the Valkyries were so (laughs) generic super and the genres were relatively generic and unimagined I mean it was shocking like when you're watching Saul and when Saul commits to something like the commercial from the 70s they commit devs commits to its homages to Kubrick there's been a lot of Kubrick in this show I feel like it's like a Kubrick 
time right now. Like everybody who's making TV right now is obsessed with Kubrick, including Esmail. I don't know. I just wanted more. If you're going to call it genre yeah. and you're going to introduce this crazy designer drug from the future. I, I totally like, agree. Like we could have used more. an animated episode. Amplify like, yeah. it. I have thoughts. Thought number one is that I really am taken with the idea that it's sort of like an Instagram filter. That would connect with the idea that this is a commercial drug. This is not meant to make you lose your mind. Mm -hmm. It's made to enhance certain aspects of your life, right? It's supposed Mm -hmm. to make everything a little bit better. If you started seeing cartoons in your face. Start tripping balls. You might have a, a, a massive panic attack and you might die. And Liam's clearly concerned about these things. Yes, right. So maybe this is more of like a, just a way to kind of, add a certain ambiance to your experience. Right. Okay, it's so like, you're saying just that a this rose, is like, it's okay, not a Okay, I got it. Yeah, yeah. So this is like taking Ambien and trying to trip off of Ambien instead of taking like actual shrooms or LSD. It's like if LSD was released by the government and they diluted it down to 1%. And then the other thing is Jake's talking about homages and television. Westworld is in a essence one giant homage to yeah. a million different things, right? Yeah. It started yeah. As, a, as an homage so to... Western sci-fi. Western <laughs> science fiction. An True. homage to the original <laughs> movie. An homage to the entirety of fiction. Because we're talking about a show that is about <laughs> author's vision of what the Old West is. We're referencing everything. You can't have They're an homage to the entirety of fiction, Dave. Yes, that's essentially <laughs> what it is. When you say, I'm going to do a drug that's going to change the genres of your experience, yeah. it's like, well, I mean, how much can you really do when this show is already, already just doing giant yeah. homage to genre? That's partly why I think it's a fundamentally flawed idea for them to have even introduced. It's on the like, note. Yes. Did Marshawn Lynch call it a movie marathon? i just not sure if like, I think the Marshawn thing is so stupid <laughs> or just like... <laughs> I wanted more Marshawn. Kind of funny. And a really, like a Chewbacca type character. <laughs> they just didn't. If I'm Lena Waithe, I'm pissed that he's getting all the good lines. Oh, that's true. Thing. He's so either true. Chewbacca or he's Jar Jar Binks, and I haven't decided which. <laughs> if I'm Lena Waithe, I'm getting acting classes for this show. I'm sorry. Does that mean? Because she wasn't so, good? I think her character... Either her lines aren't good or it's, it's just like she's the, a little trite. Can she I might just, not know how to act in a science fiction show. She like she like sees what her brother's future is and then she just like sits down. This whole scene was a total disappointment too, across the board. Who's worse, Sirach's bodyguards or the quality control guys at Delos? Oh man. <laughs> can I pick neither? <laughs> <laughs> These guys are terrible. If you put 10 of each in a gladiator pit. <laughs> all 20 would end up dead. Yeah, they would just all shrivel up and die. Wow. The crowd would end up dead with the way they shoot, dude. <laughs> I, I, they might all still be alive at the end of it. And somehow Chubbs wins. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with ass. no gun. Yes. <laughs> just his wits. Genre one is film noir. It switches to black and white. Dolores meets up with her auto bike. The gang hops in an Uber to avoid Ciroc's assets. Their car locks down, takes them off the highway into downtown L.A. and stops. Dolores hacks into the car. LDJ finally gives him his access key, and she enables semi-auto driving. Then she hands Caleb a huge gun. 
Genre shift, Ride of the Valkyries plays. Number two is action war movies. Dolores hands Caleb a different huge gun. He misses, but it's an auto-aiming RPG. Tom, what did you think of this POV rocket shot? The post-production little vignette that they did after this episode was so telling. They were talking about how this episode was shot, and they got to this scene, and they are like, yeah, the director just wanted a car chase, and we tried to talk her out of it, but she just really wanted a car chase. So we did a car chase. I was like, What? It was just for shits and giggles that there's going to be a, tr- a car chase. And then when they did the tracking missile, I was like, this is so superfluous. So did he know what weapon he was using or did he not? Because no. he said to her, that's not standard issue. It was not the director who wanted the car chase. It was Jonathan Nolan who wanted the car chase. <laughs> Jonah, crank it up. The showrunner, the executive producer, the man who has his finger on the budgets for this show and makes all the creative and financial decisions, or most no, of them, let's, let's fucking was like, I need it. to do this. A.K.A. the... Enguerrand Serac of the Nolan family. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fact. It's good point. Wow. This is, it turns out this is all an analogy of his own relationship. This is what would have happened if Jonah had edited wow. Chris Nolan after Memento. If he could have. And taken control of the Dark Knight franchise. Yes. Oh my God, Didn't dude. that car chase remind deep. you of the Dark Knight, too? It also reminded me of Swordfish, Dave. Oh, boy. Great movie. Halle Berry, fantastic. They shoot in downtown LA, which is around where they shot the car chase in Dark Knight Rises. So it all oh. felt very, very similar. And now that you say it, it, it is. The vehicles are certainly reminiscent of the Batmobile, right? A little bit, yeah. Totally, yeah. Aerodynamically. Was it the Batmobile in GTA? Like, it's like Tesla if Tesla made the Batmobile. Yeah. It's the, the same sort of revving up sound, the kind of electric <laughs> and also like aggressive sound of it. That Lamborghini SUV is on the roads right now. It's a classic car. That is? It's a retro car? Okay, yeah, it's, got like, it. it's like driving a Ford Fairlane. Man. It wasn't an ad? Okay, got it. For sure. <laughs> it wasn't product placement? I didn't yeah. say it wasn't product placement. I'm talking about inside the show. <laughs> got it. Dolores summons her auto bike in a kamikaze mission. Then they get out of the car. Genre shift number three is romance. Caleb stares <laughs> longingly at Dolores as she shoots a machine gun in front of an explosion. It looks like the... Love the way you lie music video. <laughs> yeah, I, I was a big fan of that scene. Very cute. Despite having zero cover, they kill all of Ciroc's terrible assets, Tom. Oh, my God. Ash and Giggles arrive with their theme music. Marshawn calls LDJ Little Lord Fauntleroy, <laughs> a reference that I guarantee Marshawn Lynch does not understand. <laughs> he also knows that Caleb is on genre, calls it a movie marathon. LDJ foolishly says Dolores can't be in two places at once. (laughs) Smash cut to Martin at Insight with Bernard. He takes him out of Hulk button mode. He accesses Rehoboam at the node using Liam's key, explains it to Bernard, and sends Dolores to Rock's file. This is their god. This is how they see the future, how they make the future. Bernard said, it isn't that binary. Once again, devs. Great, right? Back to binary. Here we are. Bernard asks if Martin has ever questioned Dolores. Do you think they actually got Garland in the writer's room at the beginning of this season? And Garland's like, fuck you. Taking this idea myself. 
and I'll turn it into something else. Yeah. <laughs> he wouldn't need to do that. And Jonathan, no one would want somebody else horning in on his creativity. <laughs> You're right about that. Genre shift number four is drama. Nightclubbing by Iggy Pop and David Bowie plays. What do you mean drama? Yeah, that's like what? barely Drama's even not a genre. genre. I know. <laughs> drama? What would you call it? It's like saying the next genre was movie. <laughs> I don't know. I was, it was like I train tell, spotting. Yeah. It was like the party movie. Which is a drama. <laughs> yeah. It was train spotting. That's what the song is from. The lights flare like we're on drugs. That's all we get. So it's like a drug movie? Studio 54, like like yeah. drug party movie. Right. 24-hour uh, party people. By the way, this is actually what that subway station looks like. That's LA. That is the Los <laughs> Angeles subway system. That's Pershing Square Station. I've never seen it. The gang gets on the metro headed west. Dolores is using her contacts to access Sorok's file, so it turns out it's not a link to her children. There is a nice transition with the train tunnel to the Rehoboam graphic, and then that turns into a tunnel. We go and check out more Sorok stuff. Dolores wants to open the cages, release everyone's Rehoboam file. Dolores Assange in this bitch! <laughs> We're WikiLeaking this. <laughs> I love nice. it. Nice. Dolores mocks LDJ's lack of agency. Ash questions who gets to decide what they know. LDJ scans, giggles, says he's going to end up in a ditch, scans Ash, says her brother's going to break bad. Then is this the last genre shift? I'm not sure because if it is, this one lasts way longer. But the last one is horror thriller. Caleb twitches out and does the jaw thing that makes you think that it's a genre shift. Oh. But there's no theme music that comes in immediately. And then he launches into this war story about rats drowning and analogizes that to humanity. If you fill the water too high, it would swim around for hours. Suffering. Because they had hope. But they never had a chance. Just like everyone at the mercy of your system. Hope is what our entire society is built of. False. Hope. I would rather live in chaos than a world controlled by you. Did anybody Wikipedia this rat's study when i had mouse problems yeah in my house i actually mm-hmm. looked up humane mm-hmm. ways to kill mice like should i yeah. use a trap or should i use like poison and they said that this is actually probably the most humane is just they drown and then yeah. they're done so you put a little peanut butter on the end of a a roll like a toilet paper roll and they climb up and it once they get to the middle, then they flip into the, they lose balance and they fall into the bucket and they drown. And how much water is that was, just that enough was, not to swim? That, that I don't think is real. I think that's just exposition there. Oh, okay. I mean, I guess Someone theoretically, like, the longer the drop, the more like chances for concussion and then they just pass out. But the whole high water thing i don't know dave yeah it's a real thing (laughs) no of course not i don't care (laughs) no that i totally was like it was stupid false False. move on (laughs) 
<laughs> How do we feel about Dolores just shitting on the world, by the way? She's just a nihilist. I can't decide yeah. if we're supposed to like her or not. But that was true of season two. Yeah, no, I, I, I think she's a yeah. villain. She's our anti-hero now. That's why I'm saying Serac might be the hero. I think there might not be a hero. In Westworld. It never has been, and there probably never will be. Yeah, they're all Bernard. flawed and evil. Hopeless, <laughs> dumbass Bernard. 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 But he's just, like, disappeared. I feel like he's got the data that uh, Serac is after. Mm, Dolores like has hidden it inside of him, after. you know? The safest place. That's why he's been playing. Why else is he even here? Why is he even here? Great question, <laughs> Jake. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not even supposed to be here today, says Bernard. (laughs) (laughs) Where was that genre? Where was like the indie 90s comedy? Have we we arrived to the scene when Chubb shows up yet? Martin initiates the Rehobo leak, taking the train off the rails. It's not just what it knows. It's what it decides (laughs) for you, for everyone. People do not like what they see, especially my man Terrence Danvers. An addictive narcissist, seen as unreliable and unstable. Most common descriptors from friends, asshole, unreliable, crazy. Most common descriptors from colleagues, unprofessional, flaky, and loud. I can relate to that, by the way. That was all me right there. I was like, (laughs) that is my guy. This is the secret file at the office. The one that they did show us, it's just so brutal. Suicide. <laughs> a woman sees her daughter's impending suicide. How come they didn't show a single one that was like positive? I don't know. I feel like there should be because variability. Eden, Wins the Nobel those people, Prize. Those people wouldn't be on the train. Yep. Oh, yeah, because those they wouldn't be plebes that take public transit. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Okay. Yeah. Ciroc gave himself... Tens across the board. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> what was the whole like? We'll never couple. die. Did you notice the couple? Like the yeah, girl they immediately was, like, broke up. Yeah, they the must guy have was like, "Give that to me. You don't want to see dude, it." And here's like, the other thing. You. Speaking of that, because it happened practically instantaneously. I'm like, so basically, everybody got their trading card, right? Flipped <laughs> it over, and it was like pff, instant. Like she's cheating on you. you ever have your numbers done or your chart done and like they send you this pack you're all excited and then you're like jesus it's gonna take me a week to get through this shit like (laughs) these people all knew everything within two seconds you know there's an abridged version yeah like the the algorithm that knows what you need to see or what's gonna cut deep so it just floats to the surface there's a little bubble of agency (laughs) where they decide what to click on and it's always who is my girlfriend cheating on me with the short form guys there's a short right. form birth certificate and there's a long form just like <laughs> barack obama you're right it's what you want to know it knows exactly what you want to know in this moment i wish i wish that we had gotten to know any characters besides caleb that exist in the real world this could have been a big pivotal emotional moment in the show but because we are just dealing with all of these robots and godlike figures and mythological beings that are more important than the, the peons and the plebs, we never really get a sense of what the effect of this is on the reality. Which, again, leads credence to my theory that this is just future world. Yeah. As they exit the metro in Santa Monica, a string quartet version of Space Oddity plays. 
I hope you're happy. You just ruined everyone's life in this station. But Dolores took this shit worldwide. Everyone's off their loops. The right information at the right time is deadlier than any weapon, Martin says. Yeah, it was a trick question, Mr. Connery. Why don't you pick a category? I've got to ask you about the penis mightier. <laughs> No, that's, that's the pen is mightier. Gushy it up however you want, Trebek. What matters is, does it work? Will it really mighty my penis man? It's not a product, Mr. Connery. Because I've ordered devices like that before. Wasted a pretty penny. I don't mind telling you. And if the penis mightier really works, I'll order a dozen. It's not a penis mightier, Mr. Connery. There's no such thing. Wait, wait, wait. Are you selling penis mightiers? No. No, I'm not. Well, you're shitting on a gold mine, Trebek. <laughs> oh, right, yes. Oh, the penis mightier, yes. For 300, please. <laughs> That's a thing? You've never seen that, Jake? No, no, Liberty no. Jeopardy. I'll take anal bum cover. John Connery, oh. yeah. Oh, nice. Maybe I have, then. I've seen those. No, Sean, that's an album cover. <laughs> Not anal bum cover. I bet you would, Trebek. <laughs> As they emerge, a dog runs wild. People are fighting or just deflated, sitting on the ground. Chaos is spreading. It's another genre shift. Or is it? Marshawn says, it's reality, man. Look at them, already returning to their base selves, LDJ cries out. A car with two Ciroc assets emerge. Dolores steps in front of Caleb, taking the bullets and killing him. Caleb is stunned. Back in his jet, Ciroc is pissed. Ah! Twiddling his cat. Zutalo! Zutalo. <laughs> Chubbs and Bernard need to double-team Martin in order to win a fight. Oh, this is my favorite! It's so good! Hey, forgot about me? <laughs> against just, the wall. <laughs> it just comes flying out of nowhere. This. Boom. Forgot about me, and Chubbs gets sent against the wall within <laughs> 2.6 seconds. He's already been foiled. What in God's name is Chubbs still doing on this show? It's what comedy. is his point? This is all comedy. <laughs> they paid him for the episode. <laughs> I assure you that this is supposed to be funny. <laughs> it's just, so I funny. It's right. so useless. Yeah, it's supposed <laughs> to be funny. So this is supposed to be funny that he just is Wiley Coyote. Just every turn, it's just, hey, uh, it's Chubbs, and I'm going to get my ass beat and drink beer. Yeah. Bernard gets his Hulk button back, asks about Dolores' plan right when Martell arrives, flanked by Ciroc assets. Martin tells Bernard, you're the only one we can't replace before blowing up the building. I was really baffled as to why Ciroc is surprised that Martin was compromised and he was the one doing this. Chubbs, with the waggy dialogue outside, yo, what the fuck happened in there? And what the fuck happened out here? He's great. <laughs> what a character. <laughs> Best character ever. He is something. Do you think he read his uh, script and was like, what the fuck, man? This is more action than he's gotten. Dude. <laughs> No, no. Yeah, he was he no. was basically not a character in season one. Or <laughs> still is not a character. Now at least he's a comedy character. Dude, he was like, you character. want me back? You want me back? I'm fucking so in. 
<laughs> I'm in. I'm in. Let me see my lines. What? <laughs> what? No, 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 no. You forget bad. about me. <laughs> oh! The comic what else is he in? Nothing. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> He's the third Hemsworth. Bernard thinks he's part of the plan. These guys are the dumbest. More misadventures of Chubbs and Bernard next week. (laughs) Then the Shining theme plays. Are we still in the horror thriller genre? Or is this when the shift happens? I don't know. We're at the pier where Caleb was supposed to kill himself. Caleb asks about the shooters. And Dolores brushes it off. She's done with Liam. You took everything from me, my money, my access to the system. I have nothing left, you petty criminals. Now you're going to see that the system isn't the prison. You are to all of us. We can't fix you and we can't get rid of you. Oh, my God. I love this voice. I I, I like this scene, by the way, because I think it finally puts an underline under what the point of the story is in terms of how they're talking about class. Is that the wealthy do see everybody else as a burden. The people who run media companies and run businesses think, oh, I have to worry about you know, firing these people and what it's going to look like uh, in the press when I when I lay a bunch of people off or, oh, I have to give these people health insurance or, oh, my sports and pop culture website wants to unionize, but I don't want to cut into my millions of dollars that I take in salary every year. These are the kinds of things that happen today, and this is what I think rich people think. I really do. I think that they've – this is the first – like truly profound idea original idea that this show has stumbled upon the divide is reinforced by rehoboam and strengthened and widened and ldj despite being a huge bitch this episode he did it well good performance he he came off as very hateable and and good riddance he kind of asked for it didn't he though shot unceremoniously yeah he deserved to be I mean, and he's a key character in our sort of figuring out who Caleb really is because he tells Caleb he doesn't even know what he is. You don't yeah, know who that, you are. And his last you think you did. I killed him. And then he says, you did it. Exactly. Yeah, what, if, what does that mean? What if you did it means you did it. You killed your friend. Oh, he killed Francis. Yes. Yes. Oh. Yes. That's really all that can mean. Talk to me. Dude, I'm the theory maker. I am the predictor. 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 Or you did it. You killed my dad. And you're actually amnesia. No, okay, you did it. He can see when he puts on the glasses, yes. he can see what Caleb's actual long form future is. And, and past what, was too, yeah, right? And okay. can see that he's actually Sirach's brother. Okay, okay. I have a real theory here. Okay. What if he's not saying you did it as in something that he did in the past, but you did it you for did something it. that you do like, in the future, which is destroy their civilization. Or he said, you won. You did it, pal. Interesting. I like that one, too. Yeah. You sur- you succeeded in destroying You got me. Yeah. You got me. <laughs> My read on it was because they were showing us these flashes of the past that tie back to the flashes that we saw in episode one, where we were meant to infer one thing, we're now understanding that 
Caleb has no firm understanding of who he actually is and that his reading or his memory of the event that is the core trauma of his adult life, let's say, it's going to be revealed to us that something entirely different played out and that I was going to call him Jesse. <laughs> Caleb had, is going to be, you know, shocked by the truth that he was actually the perpetrator or the reason why his buddy died. Mm. This whole scene is cross-cut with flashbacks to his mercenary days. Enrico Colantoni from Veronica Mars is a hostage named Whitman. More on him next week, I'm sure. He also has visions of Francis when Liam is dying, then himself sitting on the edge of the pier. Whitman again, but not tied up. And then a woman named Dr. Green running tests on him. Right. I'm excited for this Caleb backstory. Yep. So there's the Bourne scenario still in effect, too. It's homecoming. It's the Bourne scenario. He was reprogrammed. It could be that they were sent to do a job and then, boom, some switch got turned on. Save Whitman. Kill Francis. Mm. And then he comes out of his stupor and he's trying to save him just like he's trying to save Liam on the beach. Ooh, I like that. Interesting. Final scene. Someone delivers Caleb a big duffel bag. This song by Fisher Spooner, Emerge, starts playing. It's a good song. Maybe I'm not like other people. Neither am I. (laughs) Dave, what happened on this week's featurette? First of all, we start with the explanation of the car chase and why there's a car chase. As I said, Jonathan Nolan said, I, I want to kick ass car chase, and they're like, "Don't do it. We can't afford it. We don't have the budget." Have <laughs> you seen dumb. the show? And then he's like, "No, no, no, no. You don't understand. See, my brother's Christopher Nolan, and I can do what I want." Did he say we saved some money by not hiring a lot of extras this season? <laughs> That's probably part of it. <laughs> if, if you've noticed, we right. don't use a lot of people. Yeah, it reminded me of Southland Tales. Have you guys seen that movie? The Richard Kelly movie. It was his follow-up to Donnie Darko. No. It's sort of like this. It's set in L.A. in the future, and it's about soldiers taking drugs and the end of the world and stuff. You should watch it if you're interested in other sort of apocalyptic L.A. noir fiction. Uh, I highly recommend it. Then they explain what genre is, and Jonathan Nolan talks about the limbic uh, implants that they use to create this effect it's not a chemical it's it's actual it's computers it's digital he doesn't explain what that means other than it's a limbic implant and it's digital so that i think that bolsters eden's take on the thing then because it can really be controlled yeah it's beyond just a chemical reaction to the for the brain Mm -hmm. it's something that you can control wirelessly i would imagine so they talk about that. We get a little bit about Ciroc and them hiring Vincent Cassell to play the character. He speaks some broken English about how he wanted to bring intelligence to the role, but not make it. <laughs> <laughs> he said he's godlike, blah, blah, blah. I see why you wanted me for the role. Yes, I love, that. I love that bit. And then we, at the end, we get Evan Rachel Wood talking about her part of this show. and. I forgot that she talked normally. 
I only hear her talking like she does in Maze's voice and on the show, and I forgot that she's just a regular lady. I was like, oh, who is that for a second? And then I I was like, oh, yeah, that's Dolores. I was completely shocked that that's what her voice sounds like. So props to her. If you were to propose to me that out of every actress in the field, I think Evan Rachel Wood would have been on the lower end for probability of becoming a massive action terminator star yeah i think I she's agree. great at this part i think she's great period i, I love agree with that yeah. i would I, love to see her get to do this in movies and like really play that character more than she does here where it's she's kind of the villain that's not really there's not really a lot of depth to her character but if you can give her a really great script and let her sink her teeth into a, a proper character yeah, she's got the physicality for it. She's got the the gravitas for it. She yeah. she'd be great as Catwoman or Oh, that would have been perfect actually. She could play Tank yeah, Girl. Actually. Let her play Tank Girl. That's the feature at this week. We learned that the car chase was lazy looking on purpose because they couldn't afford to <laughs> shoot a better car chase. Watching this ever remind you of the dark night? A <laughs> <laughs> little bit. A little bit. Yeah, I would say so. I liked the episode a lot the first time, and I liked it less on the rewatch. Well, this is the thing. I knew instantly it was not a good rewatchable episode, but mm-hmm. I, I watched through parts of it anyway, because and I tried to focus on the Ciroc bits and less on the action stuff, because there's really not much to glean from that, except in these little moments where you're trying to pick apart what's the story with Caleb. Because to me, it, it ultimately came about... What's going on with Ciroc? What's the deal with Caleb? And they connected the two really well. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think you're probably right that this is not going to be rewatchable going forward. That once you've seen it, it's like, okay, that was cool. And then you never watch it again. Yeah. So. I'm enjoying Westworld. I'm to- I'm not totally sold on this new direction for this show, though. Like, I, I'm really hoping they can pull it off. It's, I it's fun. That's about it. It's fun. It's I enjoy fun. it. It is yeah. fun. You don't have to overthink it, though. Nah, I know, but we go got into this show to overthink that's it. That's true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, like, you got to retain some of the original spirit. Every yeah. story has to have a payoff, and this is supposed to be the like purely visceral payoff. And so I've just like shut my brain off and said, "All right, I'm just going to enjoy the ride and the visuals." And I appreciate it on the surface. Trying to do a show with an idea like this genre thing in the wake of what Watchmen did with nostalgia is just, maybe it's just a bad break for them. You know, maybe had I not seen what Lindell Hoff. Yeah. Maybe if you hadn't watched all this other superior television, Westworld would be better. (laughs) (laughs) And I guarantee you, they didn't know that they were going to get shown up like that mere months before the premiere of the season. Yeah, they can't be happy that Debs no. is out there happening, no. appealing yeah. to the same fan base, right? Jonah Nolan is up in his sky palace, floating around, just <laughs> getting pissed off. He is Angoron Sirac. I knew Hulu was going to fuck me as soon as I turned down that three-show <laughs> deal. Oh, Lindelof, you bastard. I was going to name my drug nostalgia. <laughs> One thing I do want to point out that I think is really great about this show that no one's really talking about is that of the eight directors for this season, yes. five of them are women, guys. Five. That's impressive. Yes. They made nice. that effort to put women in the director's chair and give them the chances to do a big, huge 
super budget action show. How do you guys feel this season? Do you care about Ciroc? Yeah, I like Ciroc. I like Vincent Cassell and his performance a lot. And like I said, I think in this episode, he kind of becomes, at least in opposition to Dolores, sort of the good guy. I really like this episode as like the Ciroc episode, and we kind of learned his backstory. But I kind of wish we knew of Ciroc in previous seasons, or there was an idea of Ciroc in previous seasons. Because I kind of feel like it, though, there's not too much weight to Ciroc. And I guess they have to reintroduce new characters every season. But the whole like Ciroc versus Dolores storyline, I, I just, it feels kind of artificial. And the other thing is when we talk about Rehoboam, how does everyone not know what Rehoboam does if it's in like a public museum where you can just see it? I think they know what it does, but they don't know what like their files are. Yeah, like the assessment so how can you, scores. How, how is that mutually exclusive? Yeah, good point. Like, how do we how do we just see this giant machinery yeah. and not realize what it's doing? Like, do y'all remember when I uh, referenced that anime that I thought yes. that draw, like drew a lot of parallels from? Like in that show, it's the civil system. Like everyone knows that they get their placements from the civil system. Like it's an accepted concept. So you wouldn't be able to pull this stunt like Dolores did because everyone like already knows and accepts that this is what the thing does. So I I get what you're saying, Tom. Like, and I agree, like it's kind of a hole. But at the same time, you don't know what people are saying about you behind your back. You don't know that your boyfriend or girlfriend is cheating on you. You don't know that the reason the thing happened is because of the system. You don't know why the system is doing what it's doing. And so at some point, I think probably people just forget that it's there. Unless, and or they treat it like it's a, a wonder, right? Like yes, a, like like God. Pyramid, that's, what it's, or, yeah, that's what it's supposed to be. It's like, well, it's yeah. God's will. And I guess it's just, I'm just going to move on with my life. But you don't really know what God's will actually is. I think there are probably people in this universe who say, oh, oh, you know, th- what happened to me, this windfall is clearly Rehoboam or this horrible thing that happened to me is clearly Rehoboam. And there are some people who just don't think about it. So I think it works. I think it's it's not as elegant as it could be for the reasons that Tom points right, out. But I think right. that it, if, you, if you think about it a little bit, you can see you can maybe convince yourself that it works. Yeah. Exactly. You have to convince yourself that it works, <laughs> which, is a, which is a narrative problem unto itself. <laughs> so I was watching this episode with my wife the second time I watched it. I was watching it with her. And uh, we watched the episode and then – we went off and did something like washed the dishes or something. That's not a euphemism, by the way. Did the dishes, came back, and the Amazon Prime like screensaver came on. It's just basically generic stock, beautiful photos of like scenery around the world. And there's this little bubble that pops up on the screen and says like, upload your own photos to Amazon and watch your own photos on the screensaver. Right, right, right. And my wife goes, oh, we should do that, Tom. And I was like. No. Did you just watch this episode? <laughs> yeah. Tom, when you said that was a bubble of agency that you saw <laughs> up on the screen. Nice. That was me. I had the bubble of agency where it's like, this is a choice, Allison. You have to make your choice. Do you want to upload all your files to Rehoboam or not? The best moment of today's pod was still, what is an almost anagram? <laughs> <laughs> but, but stay with me here. There's an almost anagram. <laughs> 
thank you so much for joining us this week on the Westworld Podcast. For my guests, Dave Schilling, Jake Hoyt, Tom Rehaber, Stroboam, and Eden Liu, I'm Anthony Mays, and we'll see you next time, hopefully exploring Caleb's past. Hi. That's right.